Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20-Minute Books, we will unfold the layers of Timothy Keller's insightful work, The Prodigal God. A fresh take on the biblical parable of the prodigal son, Keller's book shifts the spotlight from the wayward younger son to the elder sibling whose righteousness masks an underlying sin of pride and superiority. It's a compelling exploration of how strict adherence to rules can lead us astray from the true spirit of the Christian faith. Timothy Keller, an esteemed author with a talent for making religious concepts accessible, invites us into a profound discourse on the pitfalls of moralism within Christian communities. As the founding pastor of the Redeemer Presbyterian Church in Manhattan, and a New York Times best-selling author, his teachings reach thousands each week, influencing millions through his writings. The Prodigal God, alongside his other renowned works like The Reason for God, has cemented his status as an influential voice within modern Christianity. Perfect for believers who feel estranged from their faith community, those grappling with a sense of spiritual void despite diligent practices, or readers who are passionate about biblical narratives and yearn for an original, thought-provoking interpretation, The Prodigal God is a book that reassures and challenges in equal measure. Join us as we delve into the heart of the parable and rediscover the essence of grace that transcends the boundaries of traditional religious practice. The Prodigal God, Recovering the Heart of the Christian Faith Introduction Unveiling the Heart of True Christianity Beyond Institutions Picture Jesus Christ as a man wandering through dirt roads and crowded marketplaces, not a figure cloaked in the grandeur of institutions or power structures. His interactions weren't with the elite but with the outcasts of society, people often disregarded or judged harshly. It's this very essence of connection and inclusivity that marked the dawn of Christianity. Fast forward to today, and the landscape has drastically shifted. Christianity has morphed into a structure guarded by the seemingly righteous, who often elevate themselves to the status of moral gatekeepers. Within many religious communities, gossip and judgment have taken the place of understanding and fellowship. A troubling confusion has set in, conflating the act of sitting in church pews with cultivating a deep and personal bond with God. Let's explore how the true message of the Christian gospel can be liberated from the confines of institutional oversight, guiding us toward a more personal and celebratory connection with the divine. You're about to discover the perils that lurk within the cloak of moral self-righteousness, how reaching a point of utter despair led to transformation for the prodigal son, and the profound significance of feasts and revelry as depicted in the Holy Scriptures. Part 1. A Timeless Narrative of Reconciliation and Familial Bonds Within the Bible stands a testament to Jesus' all-encompassing love, an allegory that provides comfort and wisdom to not only believers, but also to those who simply seek understanding of human nature and divine compassion. It's the story of the prodigal son. A narrative that transcends time with its lessons on forgiveness and family dynamics. The core idea of this parable is founded on a tale of estrangement and eventually redemption within a familial setting. This parable unfolds with a wealthy father and his two sons. 
The younger son, overtaken by a desire for independence and the lure of adventure, demands his inheritance prematurely, a gesture that was tantamount to renouncing his own family in those days. Contrary to the expected wrath of a powerful Middle Eastern patriarch, the father acquiesces, dividing his estate to fulfill his son's wishes. With his newfound wealth, the son plunges into a world of extravagance, squandering his fortune on pleasures and vices until, inevitably, he is left destitute. Destitution leads him to the depths of despair, working amidst pigs and coveting their meagre sustenance. This moment of utter nadir becomes the catalyst for introspection and repentance. Resolute in seeking forgiveness, the son decides to return home. Upon sighting his son, the father's reaction is not of scorn, but of overwhelming joy. He welcomes him with open arms, lavishing affection and adorning him in the finest garb. A grand feast is set to celebrate this homecoming, the killing of a prized calf marking the significance of the son's return. In stark contrast, the elder brother, always dutiful and steadfast, receives the news with bitterness. His heart seethes with resentment towards the seemingly more favorable treatment of his wayward brother. He resists joining the celebration, standing firm even despite his father's heartfelt pleas. The parable of the prodigal son thus delves deep into the themes of love, repentance, and the complexity of human relationships, drawing a vivid picture of grace that overlooks past transgressions in favor of joyful reunion. Part 2. Sin comes in many guises, not all as clear as the night and day. It's a human tendency to strike bargains, even with the divine. Thoughts like, if I could just get this promotion, I'll donate more to charity, or if my loved one recovers, I'll never skip church again, are common in our pleas to a higher power. But what if this transactional view of spirituality is a misstep in itself? Consider the tale of the prodigal son once more, particularly the elder brother. He embodies dedication and duty, the counterpart to his reckless sibling. At first glance, one would assume that the elder son is the moral compass of the parable. But is all as it seems? Indeed, there's more than one way to sin. The elder son's true colors emerge when fury overtakes him upon his brother's return. Enraged and wounded, his resentment uncovers a deep-seated desire for control and recognition. His years of service were not solely acts of love and respect, but a calculated investment, anticipating a generous return of wealth and authority. The moment his expected reward is in jeopardy, his facade of loyalty crumbles. The father in the parable, representative of God, reflects unconditional love and acceptance. Through this narrative, Jesus illuminates the truth that impropriety isn't merely about debauchery or defiance, it's also about the intentions cloaked in righteousness. The younger siblings of the world, those who defy convention and pursue pleasure, are often labeled sinners. On the other hand, the elder siblings, devoted congregants and self-proclaimed paragons of virtue, can also be sinful. Their sense of moral superiority, expecting divine favor for their good acts, reveals impure motives, clouding their relationship with God with expectations of power and compensation. Thus, we're presented with a profound truth. All of us falter, 
some by flouting rules and others by following them with misguided intentions. The heart of sin can beat as strongly in the actions of the compliant as in the rebellious, showing us that the true nature of transgression is not so much about the deed as it is about the why behind it. Part 3. Understanding Spiritual Wellness Through the Lens of the Prodigal Son's Family Picture two individuals, both dealing with an invisible ailment. One is keenly aware of her suffering and actively seeks healing, while the other remains oblivious until it's too late. It's clear that the one who recognizes the sickness has a better chance at recovery. In our parable, the elder son is akin to the latter patient, confidently assuming he is in perfect health when in reality he suffers from a malady he doesn't even notice. His self-assurance blinds him to the faults within, making him spiritually stagnant, lacking the introspection necessary to mend his relationships with his father and brother. Conversely, the younger son embodies the person who confronts her condition head-on. Despite the outward chaos of his life, he gains clarity upon reaching his lowest point. This depth of self-awareness allows him to take the humble steps required for reconciliation and personal growth. The core takeaway is that the older brother is caught in a deeper spiritual quandary than the youthful wanderer. Moral righteousness can be a perilous path. It breeds a lack of humility and isolates one from the empathy needed to forge authentic connections. On a personal scale, this manifests in a reluctance to forgive those who don't meet one's lofty self-imposed standards, leading to an inability to empathize with their struggles, but the implications rise to even greater heights socially, where self-righteousness fosters prejudices such as racism and classism, igniting conflict and discrimination. When groups of people see themselves as divinely favored due to their piety or supposed inherent merit, it paves the way for discord and oppression. In the narrative, we witness the older son's devoutness, overshadowed by fear, creating a shaky foundation for a lifelong faith journey, and subsequently, a life devoid of true joy. Contrastingly, a relationship with God built on genuine love and absent of conditions brings about an intimate, joyful connection regardless of life's turmoils. There are myriad ways one might stray from this spiritual bond, but hope is never out of reach, as long as there's the courage to recognize that something has gone awry. Then, and only then, can the path back to a genuine, fulfilled relationship with the divine be rediscovered. Part 4. The Cross as a Beacon, Leading Us Back to Spiritual Belonging Have you ever been haunted by a feeling of displacement, as if there's a vague emptiness within you, a yearning for a place or presence that's achingly familiar, yet distant? This sentiment of seeking belonging echoes across many lives, akin to the biblical narratives of exile and homecoming. The notion of return and restoration pulses through a myriad of Bible stories, from the banishment of Adam and Eve from Eden to the enduring saga of the Israelites yearning for liberation from Egypt. And at the heart of it all is a profound message. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross represents our passage back to God. The parable of the prodigal son embodies this theme of estrangement and eventual return. It tells of two brothers, both lost in their own ways, the younger in a foreign land, drowning in desperation, and the older at home, 
yet distant from the love that binds the family together. But from this tale, one thing shines clear. Redemption is always within reach. As the younger son approaches, his father races to greet him, offering unconditional love and acceptance, mirroring God's unwavering grace. When the older son balks at the welcome extended to his sibling, the father responds not with anger, but with understanding and a plea to reconcile. These responses epitomize the fact that God's love is not something to be earned through suffering or servitude. It's gifted liberally, without precondition. The older brother's indignation highlights a materialistic view, one that calculates relationships and self-worth in terms of assets. This worldview obscures the spiritual richness of kinship and divine connection. To truly grasp the spirit of generosity, we can look to Jesus, our elder brother in faith. Jesus held immeasurable power, yet he chose self-sacrifice over dominion. On the cross, he surrendered all for humanity, embodying the ultimate act of love. His death wasn't just a sacrifice, it was an invitation for us all to find our way back to the spiritual embrace of the Creator, to the place where we're perpetually welcomed home. Through his resurrection, Jesus illuminates the path to God's open arms, a journey away from self-centeredness and towards the infinite and joyous reunion with our Heavenly Father. Part 5. Celebratory Feasts A Divine Embrace of Life's Earthly Pleasures In the Gospel, there's a story that features Jesus at a wedding, faced with what could be deemed a social disaster. The wine has run dry. With a touch of divine intervention, he transforms water into fine wine, an act that might raise eyebrows for its apparently mundane focus. Why begin a miraculous journey with something so seemingly frivolous? Yet, this miracle pulls back the curtain on a much deeper truth illustrated throughout the Bible, where lavish feasts are not merely backgrounds to the main event, they are the event. The essence of these celebratory banquets is that they embody the sensual, bountiful world that God cherishes so dearly. Feasts in the Bible are far from trivial. They are manifestations of divine love and care for the physical world. The conclusion of the prodigal son's story with a grand feast is no accident. It represents the height of God's forgiveness and the open-handedness with which he bestows his blessings. There's a common misapprehension that spirituality demands the renunciation of earthly joys when, in fact, God designed the world to be a tapestry of delightful experiences. He doesn't call for us to shun the beauty that surrounds us. Rather, he wants us to immerse ourselves in it, to let it draw us closer to his magnanimity. Our faith shouldn't be a mere mental exercise. It should be a full-bodied experience, founded not on dread but on joyous celebration. However, it isn't enough to just feel the joy of faith. It needs to be lived through our actions in money spending, in interactions with our kin, and in our work. Faith and deeds must walk hand in hand to fully embody our spiritual convictions. Furthermore, faith needs fellowship to thrive. Just as we can only see one aspect of a person in isolation, it takes a community to reveal the multitude of facets within them. Similarly, to grasp a complete understanding of God and Christ's teachings, we need to share in worship and fellowship. As such, a hospitable offer stands before you, inviting you to partake in the metaphorical feast, 
The question is, will you step through the door and claim a seat at this abundant table? We've meditated together on the core teachings from Timothy Keller's The Prodigal God. Now as the table is laid out with God's grace and offering, the choice to join in lies with you. Final Summary The parable of the prodigal son offers depth and nuance far beyond the surface-level interpretation of a sinner's redemption. The profound lesson it imparts is the caution against self-righteousness and the dangers that lurk within unwavering piety. This ancient story reveals to us that devotion born out of selfish ambition rather than pure love can lead the faithful astray. Adherence to religious principles with the sole aim of gaining favor or control can result in a form of spiritual decay, that of the heart and spirit. Maintaining a spiritual life driven by fear rather than genuine love is a misinterpretation of what it means to walk a path of righteousness. The narrative encourages us to understand that all of us in one form or another have missed the mark. It's through the example of Jesus Christ's supreme sacrifice that we can learn how to cultivate a faith that is anchored not in expectation of reward, but in the purest form of love, selfless and boundless. With this realization, we can foster a spiritual journey that vibrates with love instead of trembling with fear, one that truly reflects the divine grace and forgiveness that the parable of the prodigal son aims to impart. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.